Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good morning, afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson is back along with Dalton Stanford. We're in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon for the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you're with us around the state, wherever you might be listening or online wherever that might take you as well. Lee Roberts will be with us a little later in the show. It was an off week for Southern Miss football, but there's a big game coming up Saturday. We'll be talking to uh, Lee about that and other activities that took place around the conference over the weekend. We'll also update the conference standings for you and then have some news to share with you about uh, the program being back on the road uh, the latter part of the week. It's uh, going to be a busy week for the Eagle Hour and uh, we hope that you can join us each and every day. Opening segment is sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this show and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. Dickey's wants to remind you that the holiday season is here, and uh, Dickey's can do your holiday cooking for you. You can buy Cajun-flavored. Uh, you can buy smoked turkeys from Dickey's. You can buy spiral hams, or you can buy the entire holiday feast from Dickey's, and they'll do the catering. You can sit back, relax, and enjoy the holidays. Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. All right, well, our first guest in the studio today is uh, Luke is no stranger to the show. Track coach John Stewart, his guys seem to be always breaking a record, always doing something that hasn't been done before. And this past weekend, no exception, as the Golden Eagle cross-country team finished second in the 2019 Conference USA Championships up at Western Kentucky. And that was the best finish in school history. And track coach John Stewart's uh, in the studio with us here at the First Bank Studio. And, Coach, congratulations on yet another accomplishment. Oh, thank you very much. The The girls were fantastic this weekend. They they showed a lot of heart. They uh, they, they really uh, – just came through for us at the big meet at the uh, you know when the lights came on they were they were ready to roll and and uh, they did a great job all right for listeners that may not know tell us exactly what these kids did what they were competing in uh, in uh, at western kentucky and how well they did all right this is our cross-country championships uh you know some people go out and run 5ks and turkey trots and things like that well this is uh a 5K that they ran, you know, it's up, you know, over hills and through the mud and, and, and uh, you know, hairpin turns and things like that. So it, it's uh, it's rough terrain, but uh, that's what cross country is. So it's 5K, 3.1 miles. Uh, they've been training since, uh, you know, early August, really, uh, getting ready for this. And, uh, you know, they, they have seven runners are on make up a team, five, your top five score. And they, they count the lowest point total win. So if you get first place, that's one point for you. If you get 50th place, that's 50 points. So whoever is the lowest point total for their first five runners, uh, that's how they uh, score the, the cross-country meet. All right, so you finished second. In perspective, how, how well is that compared 
to what the the program has been able to accomplish uh, in past years well we you know uh our first year we couldn't run out of sight in a day um but we we still we still finished fifth and that was our best finish we had ever had in, in school history the first year that was uh 2014 and uh we've just steadily come down we've gone from fourth uh fifth to fourth to to we were second in uh 2018 went back to fourth now we're back to second but we had our lowest point point total ever this past weekend so i think the girls did a, a tremendous job and you were telling me before we went on the air these kids have been training pretty hard for a while now. yeah they start in they start in uh the summertime once track season is over they take a couple weeks off and then they start slowly building their mileage up you just can't go out and run 10 miles in the heat in mississippi so they mm-hmm. they'll start off running uh something a little bit shorter and they'll slowly build up their mileage and then by the time they come to school they start in august hey it's uh you know time to run the, the meat's starting and you better be in shape when yeah. you show up luke how long have you been training for the 5k uh, I've been I've been eating um, less in order so that I can begin my actual uh, training. But but Coach you. Stewart, congratulations uh, on on another just spectacular uh, performance. T- talk about some of these uh, some of these girls. Let's start with the Polish rifle, Sandra Spot, and uh, she's a senior. And everybody remembers, you know, that how she she finished in the uh, the the indoors la- or the outdoors last year. That great bronze performance in the mile. But uh, man, she she had an outstanding weekend also. Oh, she was fantastic. You know, we like to I like to call her the Polish hammer. You remember Ivan Putsky, the wrestler? <laughs> he was on WWF a long time ago. That but uh Sandra is as she's been great. She's our you know, she's our bell cow, so to speak, uh uh for the cross country team and she's been fantastic all year and she just continued to do what she's gonna do. She was just a solid athlete for us. But we got step up performances from all the girls really um, we're battling a lot of uh, you know teams that are filled with uh, you know Kenyan athletes and and uh, you know we got four girls from Mississippi out there with you sprinkled in with a couple girls from Alabama and a couple from Poland and and we just ran our little hearts out and uh, and end up getting second place. Coach, that's what I wanted to ask you about. You, you brought that up, Kate Maddox specifically, and, and Lena May. Kate Maddox is a name our listeners are familiar with, but but you talk about you know everybody else. You know, has these international and uh, and other places in the United States. What does it mean for the Southern Miss track program to have local Mississippi runners that are competing at the highest levels in the conference? Well, I, th- I think it just shows uh, what kind of coaching staff we have. You know, Aaron Kent has done an incredible job with the ladies. Uh, he he's got a a great uh, demeanor. He's got a great uh, uh, sense for what the girls need to be doing uh, on a daily basis, and and he just does a tremendous job getting them ready to run at the right times, and uh, you know just getting the kid from down the road. Uh, you know sometimes. If your neighbor goes and gets a BMW, you want to go get a BMW too. But we don't always we don't always uh, think that way. We just go get the kids that we think are going to fit in well with our program. And I know the kids from Mississippi are going to be happy here. They're going to like run for us, and uh, they're going to perform. Do you have an advantage being in South Mississippi when, say, schools like Western Kentucky, Old Dominion? Uh, those kids probably don't run in the conditions that your your girls do. No, we're we're at a tremendous disadvantage uh, you know, right? it, during cross country season because all the the top schools in the nation they're all up north. They all, I mean, we ran in thirty seven degrees. That's actually pretty good conditions for cross country. You know, hot and humid does not mean uh, good performances. That you're usually going to mm-hmm. get dehydrated and fall out. But 
usually the further up north, that that's, those are all the teams that are performing that's the best NCAA. NCAA. Now, it's different on the track. You know, hot weather, and uh, that, that helps you run a little faster for, for the sprinters and jumpers. But, mm-hmm. but for cross-country, you need some cooler weather. Right. Historically, what have been the best cross-country teams in Conference USA? Well, historically, I mean, we've we've got uh, you got UTEP, who's who's just been loaded with Kenyans in the past, and they've won national titles in, back in the '80s and '70s. Middle Tennessee is just uh, their entire team has Kenyan athletes, and they've done pretty well over the past uh, five or six years. So, you know, for for just to have Lena May and Regan McGee and right. Ed, and uh, Caitlin Cartwright and Kate Maddox come out there and just run hard and and compete with those girls, uh, this does my heart good. As someone who doesn't know much about what he's talking about most of the time, when you say, and I'm talking about myself, Coach, not you, uh, when you say a, a team loaded with or completely comprised of Kenyan athletes, that surprises me. That doesn't seem to be what, well, in all honesty, it just doesn't seem to be what you would expect from an American college athletic team. Well, yeah, that that is true. But you know what, though? It, it's still fair, and it's by the NCAA rules, and, and kids from other countries have just as much of an opportunity to run here in the NCAA uh, as anyone. But it just depends on where you want to spend your scholarships. And mm-hmm. I just, for me personally, I just like to have kids from your own state uh, to be good on your team, you. and that that uh, that's that's just the philosophy we have. We're well, going to keep. we stay with that. All right, what's next for these young ladies? Uh, we have the region championships in Tallahassee in two weeks, and they're going to run a six k, which is about four miles, and they have that. And the top two teams get to go into the national championships. I don't know what kind of shot we have at that, but we've never finished in the top ten, and that's kind of the goal right now to be top ten in the region. Okay. Now, before we run out of time, you told me. Things never really end with your program. It's almost a, a year-round deal, so I assume you're working on other elements of your program as well. Oh, we're trying to get the, get the early signing period or the, the signing period actually right now. November 13th is coming up, and we're just trying to get some uh, athletes locked down for that and, uh, and just continue to get the track team uh, to get a little faster right now. We're in the middle of some heavy training, and we're getting ready for the season that's going to start in January. Right. You said you get a couple of weeks off after Christmas. That's about it. That's about it. And it really is. It, I'll be thinking about it the whole time. So it's, <laughs> there's really no time off for your brain, just, just for your body. And people won't know because they couldn't hear this, but Luke has offered to come do some sprints for you now that he's the new trim Luke Johnson. Hey, we're going to find some eligibility for him. We'll throw him in. I mean, before he was going to be in the, the hot dog eating contest or right. something. And now right. he's, uh, now we're going to yeah. put him in the 100, I think. Mm-hmm. Trim, trim is an extremely relevant term sometimes. <laughs> right. We saw him when he just got back from India Friday. We were doing the show on location, had a big barbecue spread there. He caught up. Let wow, me, there let we me, go. Let me assure you, Coach. Coach John Stewart, uh, track and field coach for Southern Miss, great friend of the Eagle Hour, and as always, we appreciate you coming in, Coach. Thank you. We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the show, broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg today. Bob, Luke, and Dalton want to thank Coach John Stewart. I want to congratulate Coach Stewart for yet another accomplishment in his ever-improving and uh, always competitive track and field program. Uh, probably the most underreported success story at Southern Miss is the track and field program headed up by, of course, John Stewart. All right, uh, we are now in the official countdown to the holidays. That means it's time to start thinking about your Christmas shopping, Dalton. A double X. Tri- Kelly is a triple X. I'm thinking Luke. <laughs> Probably still a 2X, uh, maybe down to a XL. I'm not really sure. Well, well, where do you think I should go and do all my Christmas I would, shopping I for you I would suggest guys. Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, Dalton. Very good segue. Uh, they have the biggest <laughs> selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere, anywhere on the planet. I know Jody Lott's probably begun to think about me and Christmas shopping as well. So, Jody, you know, that would be a suggestion for you if you're listening. Uh, they have all kinds of sizes, all sorts of uh, – different apparel they have stuff for your house they have stuff for your car and dalton what is the one thing it all has in common at campus bookmark uh it's all usm <laughs> see and it fits kelly santa right L- lucas there any wonder how well dalton has done in this industry with a keen observation like that about campus bookmark uh, I just want to know if y'all practice those segues. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was all ad lib, man. All, it's all in our hearts, brother. Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. Lee Roberts joins us uh, in the next segment. He'll uh, talk a little bit about the open week and uh, what's in store for the Golden Eagles. But before we get into that, Luke, let's kind of review. What happened in CUSA football over the weekend? Florida International beat Old Dominion 24-17. Texas A&M, no trouble with Texas San Antonio 45-14. North Texas gets back uh, on the winning track. They beat uh, Lowly UTEP 52-26. Marshall beat Rice 20-7. Charlotte beat Middle Tennessee 34-20. Game of the week was Florida Atlantic and Western Kentucky, and the lane train took care of business beating the Hilltoppers 35-24. And Tennessee, lowly Tennessee, no trouble with UAB as they beat the Blazers 30-7. In the Western Division, uh, after the week settled, Louisiana Tech remains in first place. I believe they were off over the weekend. They're 7-1, 4-0 in the conference. UAB is in second place, 6-2, 3-1, followed by USM 5-3, 3-1. Then North Texas, Texas San Antonio, UTEP, and Rice – over in the East, Marshall and Florida Atlantic are tied uh, for first place, six and three each, four and one in the conference. Western Kentucky is in third place, or really second place, five and four and four and two. Uh, Florida International is five and four on the year, three and three in the conference, followed by Charlotte, Middle Tennessee, and Old Dominion. This upcoming week, Western Kentucky is at Arkansas, so no factor on the conference race. Texas San Antonio is at Old Dominion. Charlotte is at UTEP. Uh, North Texas at Louisiana Tech. That's an important game there. And Florida International and Florida Atlantic play. And, of course, UAB, Luke, comes to Southern Miss. Uh, UAB still uh, boasts a nice record at 6-2, and two, but uh, did not look very good against Tennessee. So I wonder what your thoughts are in uh, regard to whether or not that's an advantage or disadvantage for the Golden Eagles that, uh, that UAB lost their second game of the year. You know, six and two, but it's it's deceptive. I mean, they they beat 
They beat Akron, who's one of the worst teams in the country. They beat South Alabama, who's not very good. Uh, they beat Rice by 15. They beat UTSA 33 to 14. They beat Old Dominion. So they're three and one in Conference USA, but that's they played three. Uh, their three wins are against the three weakest opponents. You know, if Kelly Center was here, he'd be telling you the 8,000 reasons why they're terrible and horrible, and will continue to be there. I'm not going to say that. Um, because when you have a Bill Clark coach team, you know, and, and it's Southern Miss UAB. The same time, though, you don't feel like they've been challenged that much, and, and that reflects some in, in their in their statistics. And what I mean by that is, when you look at them on paper, they're only giving up like they're giving up less than 300 yards a game. Um, they're giving up less than 100 yards on the ground, only like 162 during the air. So this is going to be one of the best offenses that they face so far. And, of course, you know, you saw what Tennessee did to them. And I just feel like uh, the Eagles got to play their game and they got to take care of the opportunities. Uh, we should be able to move the football pretty good on them, even though that the defensive numbers for UAB look pretty good. Well, I see that game is going to be on the NFL Network, and that's an afternoon game, am I right? The 2.30 or 3.30, what, what is the game time? Yeah, it, it will be. It'll be in the uh, in the afternoon. All the uh, all the NFL Network games go against the CBS game, so it's a two thirty kick. Um, it'll be up against <laughs> it'll be up against LSU Alabama, but we'll watch it. Right, we'll watch it. Uh, it could be only us watching it, but nevertheless, we uh, we will watch it. Uh, Golden Eagles have to do what to win the game. Not turn the ball over. If you look at, uh, even though you had the opportunity to beat Louisiana Tech uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, uh, what do you do? You turn the ball over. Uh, you don't score um, against Rice because Jack throws a pick. So you can't turn the ball over. And, I, again, I just feel like the fan base is wanting some of these games where on paper you should dominate. Like they want you to dominate. We're happy we beat Rice, but, you know, you're not happy that you only beat Rice by two touchdowns. So again, we're asking for a game and, and North Texas was kind of like that, but you know, they've disappointed. So here's a team, six and two. You, can you just go out and do the things that you need to do? Uh, with Mosley back, you got a three-headed monster in the backfield. Could we see, uh, you know, D Mike line up in the slot a little more? Could we get him in space? I think that's a great possibility. So can they come out scorching? Can they stay scorching? Can they finish scorching? All right, four games left. Uh, UAB, of course, which is six and two. Florida Atlantic, which is six and three. Western Kentucky is five and four. Texas San Antonio is three and five. Uh, right now, it's uh, in the West. Luke, it's uh, the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. It's it's their uh, divisional championship to lose. It is, but when you look at what they've got, and, and Kelly and I are a little more optimistic than you are, self admittedly, but. Um, you look at what LaTex got. Uh, they got home, they got North Texas for homecoming this weekend. And I mean, let's be honest. North Texas hasn't performed as they should, but Mason Fine still Mason Fine. Can he get hot? Can he light the Bulldogs up? But then the next two weeks, they got to go to Marshall and they got to go to UAB. So uh, they're kind of in the middle of that three game stretch that we are are going down. You know, the, the slope now from they're about to ascend it. So North Texas, Marshall, UAB, uh, they got to lose two. I, I don't I don't see it happening, but could it happen? Possibly. Yeah, over in the east, it's, it seems to be sort of shaking out now between Marshall and Florida Atlantic. Western Kentucky's still in the picture. They're only a game a, a game behind uh, Marshall and Florida Atlantic. 
Uh, Marshall beat Rice. Everybody's beating Rice 20 to 7. I thought Florida Atlantic uh, won a big football game. Uh, they, you know, they go to they go to Western Kentucky. They knock off the Hilltoppers 35-24. They push their record to six and three. And uh, uh, with all due respect to Marshall, which may very well end up winning the East, I think right now Florida Atlantic is the hottest team in the East. Well, they they uh, they definitely. I think Florida Atlantic has has a little tougher schedule. Uh, Marshall's got La Tech, and then they got Charlotte and FIU. FAU, on the other hand, they do play FIU. Um, but you look at who they got. They got UTSA and they got Southern Miss. So both teams got a, got one challenge uh, with with La Tech and Southern Miss. But I think FAU's the hotter team now. When Kiffin starts tweeting uh, funny stuff, like he's feeling good, and whenever he's feeling good, most of the time his team's playing good. Kiffin's back on Twitter showing out a little bit more than he has for the first half of the season, which tells me FAU's playing pretty good. Hmm. Well, there's a month to go, and uh, there is a lot to be decided. I guess if there were – I won't even say what the championship game would be today because I don't know how that would sort out between – Florida Atlantic and Marshall. But if it were today, it would be Louisiana Tech against either Marshall or Florida Atlantic. Uh, but the last month of the season, uh, Luke, should be really interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I think we have uh, uh, some some excitement. I, I guess the week, the game of the week, though, coming up this week, if you look at Western Kentucky's at Arkansas, so it's immaterial. San Antonio at Old Dominion, there's no emphasis there. Charlotte at UTEP, North Texas at Louisiana Tech. A little interest there in that ballgame. The, the two Florida schools always uh, are always interesting when they collide. That's probably one of those games that you figure could go either way. A lot of eyes that were going to be on uh, The Rock, 2.30 Saturday afternoon. UAB, well, I guess it's safe to say that either UAB or USM are going to find themselves pretty much out of the race uh, depending on who loses the game, correct? For the Eagles, yeah. I mean, for the Eagles, you have to win to, to give yourself a chance. you gotta, you got to win, and you got to pull for everybody that's playing at Louisiana Tech. I think the Southern Miss UAB, as far as like uh, the two teams playing each other, is probably the premier game of the week. But the most important game of the week is Louisiana Tech-North Texas. If North Texas finds a way to knock them off, uh, all bets are off, and, uh, and the West is wide open again. Right. All right. That's where things stand in football. Lee Roberts will find him next and uh, see what you do on an off week and how Lee's feeling about the football team right now, health wise, uh, perhaps mentally, and uh, what they do have to do, in his opinion, uh, to pull out a win Saturday afternoon against the uh, Blazers, who always, always seem to cause trouble for Southern Miss. We'll be back. Back on a Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Lots to do there. Great food uh, to eat. 
Uh, so go check out our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Check them out on Facebook also. Always uh, some specials going on. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, it's Monday. Lee Roberts joins us as he does every Monday. And uh, Lee, what what do you do, or or more importantly, what does John Cox do on an off week for football? You know, I, I don't know. I know he has been trying to kind of get caught up on certain things because next couple of weeks basketball has started, and you know he's got some midweek road games. And uh, as he told me earlier today, just trying to catch up on some player interviews, coaches' interviews, stuff to kind of prepare himself for this weekend and the next uh, next weekend out in San Antonio as well. So he's just playing a little catch-up while a lot of a lot of people are just relaxing and, you know, getting caught up from the past. He's kind of catching up for the future. So that's, that's what John's been doing, I'm sure. I know he said he was in the office early yesterday and spent a lot of time uh, there just getting his week started. So that's, uh, that's the life of John Cox. So uh, the guys get get the weekend off five and three. Um, every game from here on out's do or die. You got to cheer for whoever's playing uh, Louisiana Tech. What's kind of been uh, you know the atmosphere uh, even with the off weekend as you've been around the program the last the last two weeks since the Rice game? What's kind of the attitude been? Well, you know, I mean, just we'll, we'll just kind of take it back to North Texas. You know, our last you know home game. Where we really played extremely well as a as a whole unit, and then obviously didn't play well offensively at Louisiana Tech, and then that kind of spilled over into uh, the Rice trip as well. But you know, I think I mentioned last week on the on the show just how excited this team was, you know, to get that win out in Houston and to you know finally get another road win. And it's just it's been one of those years where. You know, our our losses have kind of come on the road. I mean, although we did win at Troy, we lost at Bama, we lost at uh, Mississippi State, we lost at Louisiana Tech. And so, you know, getting that extra road win last week or two weeks ago was extremely exciting. The guys were celebrating big time. So I think the excitement is there, you know, being able to kind of catch your breath, catch your uh, get your legs back underneath you. And, you know, coaches continue to game plan and do what they need to because, you know, that was it. That was the last of the off weeks. Now it's a, it's a four-game stretch. It's the back half of the season. This is this is what you play for now, trying to get bowl eligible with the sixth win and, you know, seeing what happens in the Conference USA race. So it's it's going to be t- a tight race on, on both sides. You know, one, where Southern Miss is playing, and two, you know, who's Louisiana Tech playing and who can help us out there. And But more importantly, we got to take care of our own business and it starts this weekend. Lee, do football players like these weeks off, or would they rather just stay in the routine, get back on the field, you know, seven days after the previous game? You know, the way they came, I felt like they were pretty good as far as helping players get their legs under them because it was four games and a break, four games and a break. So, so as far as that goes, I think that helps. But, I mean, as, as players, once you get in routine, you like to stay in routine. Um, you know, but as a unit, I think we were needing to get some guys healthy, and so we're able to use that for sure. But you know, athletes have to adjust, and you know, whatever sport you play or whatever you do, you've got to be able to adjust to circumstances, whether it's an open week or in-game adjustments. And you know, these guys are going to do what they need to to take care of business. So hopefully, they had a really good off week, and and they're ready to get back going. So you know, normally with the off weeks, they they bring them back on Sundays kind of do some things on Sundays to get ready for the week. So a little bit of extra preparation, I think, will be good for them. And, of course, UAB takes a pretty good thumping at the hands of Tennessee. We talked a little bit about this last week with you, but 
does that help Southern Miss? I mean, is, is that is that one more thing that the UAB kids are going to have to overcome in order to be uh, more successful here this weekend, or do these do these young men does it go in one ear and out the other, and they're ready for the next week? You know, honestly, as as athletes are, you need to you know take what you just had and let it go. Whether it's a win, you celebrate it that day, and then forget about it and move on. And same thing with the loss. And so. I know UAB is going to put that game against the Volunteers behind them, you know. But a big part coming out of that game, obviously, their quarterback got hurt, and not sure what his status will be. So, anytime you lose your signal caller, you know that could play a huge part in how your offense runs. And I know this is a team that, you know, pretty good record, you know, but have been playing decently, you know, up front on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, now that your quarterback goes down, how's that going to affect your offense? And the guy behind him, will he be able to step up and will it put more pressure on your running game? So a lot of a lot of ifs and a lot of question marks I know there for the Blazers. But Coach Clark is going to have his team ready and um, you know they know what's at stake as well. They're, they're trying to find a way to win the West as well. And my associates on the show uh, believe that UAB is just really that their schedule does not match their record. That, 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 the, that the record is way overinflated. I sort of look at it from the standpoint of it's it maybe it's my imagination, Lee, but it just seems to me that whenever UAB plays Southern Miss, UAB has a, has just more of an edge than they would when they're playing anybody else. No, and I think you're I think you're exactly right. I mean, this is a team that you know lost to Western Kentucky on the road, and now has lost to Tennessee on the road, and um, you know so their only losses have come on the road. So I know there's going to be a lot more emphasis put on this team playing, you know, in Hattiesburg this weekend. Again, this is a team that, you know, they they can score some points and they can slow down offenses as well. And, you know, we've got a pretty powerful offense and a, a pretty good defense that played excellent last uh, two weeks ago at Rice. So, you know, I expect big things out of Southern Miss. But, again, Bill Clark's a veteran coach and he's got a veteran team. And, you know, even though – I'm kind of with you. I don't think they kind of hit their potential. Their, their record looks good, obviously just two losses on the year, but I don't think this is a team that's played their best ball yet. And I don't want it to happen this weekend, so hopefully <laughs> no. you know, Southern Miss can right. kind of stop that as well. But no. uh, a huge game, obviously, uh, like I said, on, on both sides, and I think Southern Miss is going to be ready. They know what's at stake for sure. And do we know if their quarterback is out? I, I don't know for sure. I know he did go out against the against Tennessee this past weekend, so I'm not sure what his status will be. Right, Luke. Lee, two questions on offense. First, Jack uh, in the last two games, one touchdown, five interceptions. Um, is that something somebody people should be concerned about, or uh, what does he have to do, you know, to, uh, to to get back in his rhythm? And then with Mosley coming back, uh, appears like full steam, a three headed monster now with Perkins, D. Mike, and, and Mosley. What is the running game going to look like? You know, we got to see Mosley in there just, uh, you know, one play um, at Houston, or at Rice, rather. Um, so he didn't, didn't get to see a whole lot. So I think that was hey, trying to test the knee, knowing we had an open week coming as well, trying to get him healthy. So I think running game will be – we should be at our, at our strongest point in the running game. And in turn, that will help Jack down the road as well. You know, as a quarterback, when when your running game is, is suspect and you're not doing the things you need to, I mean, defense is – they sense that, they key on that, and therefore they put pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, if, if that's what's happened to Jack, I think the running game back on track will help him. And, 
you know, again, he's one of those competitors that he's studying the game film from previous games. He's watching the opponent. He's trying to see where he can improve, where he went wrong, and find weaknesses in the defense as well. And he's just one of those guys that's going to be prepared mentally. He's going to be prepared uh, on the field. Schematically, he's going to know what he needs to do. And I know Coach Faulkner is going to have him ready as well. But, you know, Jack Abraham, I think this, this past week is going to help him kind of just get his legs back, get some confidence going, get some rhythm going offensively. And I'm looking for big things out of him. You know, you when you look at uh, what UAB did, this is a, a statistic that jumped out to me. If, if Tyler Johnson the third is in there, he's fourth in the country behind. Uh, or he's fourth in the country with with deep passing yards. So he's gotten almost a thousand yards in passes over twenty yards. And if he's in there, I mean, you know, you talk about a secondary uh, that's given up some yards. And uh, but if if anything else, if he's not in there, it still shows that UAB will take shots down the field. No, I think they will. I mean, they're, again, they're a team that they, they like to hit the big ball. They've got some playmakers, some guys that are, um, you know, big-time athletes on the edge, and, and they're going to go get it. They've got some receivers that, you know, are very experienced. They've got an offensive line. I think that's going to be pretty good as well. And whoever is at quarterback, if it is Johnson the third or, or his backup, I think their game plan will continue to be the same, and that they will continue to try to press you deep because they feel like their athletes are, are that good and they can get – get on top of you. So our defense has got to be at, at an A game. I think our corners and safeties have got to play well. We've got to be able to read the run well from the safety position, but also not allow those guys to get on top of us on the uh, on the back end as well. All right, Lee, it's November. That's where you got to play your best ball. Am I right? No, you're exactly right, man. If, uh, if we want to finish well, it starts uh, starts this Saturday. So a four-game four stretch, four huge conference games, and you know, we're not, we don't have any cupcakes. So I know UAB this weekend, obviously not looking ahead, but, you know, San Antonio having a, a road trip, that's always tough. Western's playing well. We do get them at home, but then finishing at FAU. So if Southern Miss can do what they need, I think it's a, a big time opportunity. As always, we appreciate your input, Lee Roberts. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, appreciate you guys. Have a great one. All right, Lee Roberts, everybody. He joins us every Monday. We'll look forward to having that conversation with Lee again next Monday as well. Some basketball news. I think a little volleyball, some house cleaning when the Eagle Hour comes back. To the top. Gulfport Home Center brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. The largest inventory of new and used manufactured housing. Check them out on Highway 49 in Gulfport or online, gulfporthomecenter.ms. Gulfport Home Center, more room for you, more room for your family. Big thanks to Lee Roberts joining us today as well in the first segment, uh, head coach John Stewart, Southern Miss Track and Field. And uh, we, in case you missed that interview, the 
Golden Eagle cross-country team. The ladies finished second in Conference USA this past weekend up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. It's Sandra Spock, Kate Maddox, Emma Kate Holbrooks, Lena May, some of the names uh, that had carried uh, on uh, the Eagles to that second-place finish. And uh, regionals coming up. What do you say, Bob, two weeks? Right. And, you know, we didn't ask him who actually won the conference meet. Do you have that in front of you? Was it Western Kentucky? I don't have it. I don't yeah. know. Who cares? I guess I should have asked him, second, right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> right. But uh, a couple more uh, notes uh, this weekend. Maddie Law- Law- uh, Lawler um, on the volleyball team, junior, uh, gets into some, some great company. She's only the 21st Golden Eagle in volleyball history to get 1,000 digs. I uh, did it in 318 sets. If you don't know what a dig is, you've been watching, if you've ever watched volleyball before, and uh, it's when the opposing team hits a ball down and uh, the the uh, defender gets up underneath it, literally digs it out of the heart or the uh, the hardwood. It, it's considered a pass, but it, it comes um, from a, an attacking ball from from the other time. A thousand, uh, a thousand times Madison Lawler has done that. Lady Eagles having a... Tough season on the volleyball court, uh, but Maddie Lawler uh, joined some some great company in Lady Eagle uh, volleyball history. Southern Miss women's golf uh, is getting ready to go out to Georgia for the Idle Hour Collegiate. There'll be 36 holes today and uh, tomorrow in Macon, so I uh, wish them all the best. And then the Lady Eagle basketball team, led by Coach Joy Lee McNellis, got a 83-66 to win uh, this weekend as they hosted Spring Hill in an exhibition game. Busy weekend for the ladies at Southern Miss, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and one more I forgot about. This is always good. Soccer uh, ended their season. Um, but Joanne Ramos, first team all-conference uh, USA academic team. So congratulations to her right. as well. Yeah, it was busy. It's like the dudes didn't do anything. The ladies did everything. <laughs> all right, quick reminder, uh, we're going to be on the road again this week. Uh, Thursday we'll be at Bocoma Casino over in Sandersville. Be interesting to talk to him about the guy that bet three and a half million dollars on the uh, Houston Astros. They may have a little insight into that. And then Friday we'll be back at Four Street Bar and Grill because it is the Friday before a home football game. And uh, Four Street Bar and Grill, of course, is a great place to have lunch five days a week. A great place to do your pregame tailgate, your postgame celebrations, or just to have an evening where you can enjoy some good food and uh, maybe a cold beer and. Uh, you know, just walk around, enjoy the memorabilia. It's always a great place, and uh, we're always excited about joining Slade and the guys uh, at Four Street. You've been missing on a lot of good food, Luke. I got to tell you, brother, we've been uh, been going somewhere just about every week at eating. He's not the only one. <laughs> well, I've been uh, I ate, I ate pretty organic over the last month, and I tell you what, there's some things that even the best restaurant can't cook up. And, and I was enjoying that. Is it true we're going to have Dozier on the show? Yes. Sometime? Now, you know, they're at the White House today. So uh, my guess is uh, he'll be coming back to Mississippi tomorrow. We uh, had Trey Cuevas, uh on the show last week, and you know about their friendship. And he had spoken to Brian. We had sent a request through him to uh, see if Brian would uh, come on the show. And the reply we got was as soon as he got back, he'd be happy to come. So, uh, Will. That's incredible. So. Yeah. Just a word of warning, 
Um, hopefully, Brian keeps his shirt on at the White House today because it'll be that. the first public appearance post-World Series that he hasn't <laughs> done that. But we're going to go ahead and request ahead of time that when Dozier comes on, if he wants to take his shirt off, that's fine. But Kelly has to keep his on. No, absolutely. No, that's that's a rule here in the house. Kelly's never allowed to take off uh any of his clothes when he's in the building for very good reason. Uh, I saw that video, and for people that may not know uh, what Luke is talking about, uh, when they had the parade Saturday in Washington, and then at the conclusion of the parade, they had they had all the guys up on the stage, and uh, and they were celebrating, and they got to playing some you know some exciting upbeat music, and the next thing you know, Dozier had taken off his shirt. And uh, I think at one point got on the hopped up on the back of one of the managers, and uh, and Dozier was kind of dancing around and sort of I guess you could say Luke sort of entertaining the women that were there that day. It was uh, it was a bit. <laughs> he actually surprising. he actually he he made an announcement and said you know his wife's Renee she's been on here before on the show before and he, she said my wife's going to kill me. And I would be scared. I mean, you know, his wife's a duck hunter. Right. I mean, she knows how to use weapons and stuff. So, right. Brian, yeah, good luck with that. But he, pretty cool there at the White House today and, and, and grateful, uh, for him. And it'll be exciting to, for, for him to come back on. And, and what people, you know, forget sometimes, you know, he only had like one at bat in the World Series. He was one of those guys that, that held that team together. And it'd be interesting to talk to him about, you know, his connection with his Spanish-speaking teammates and how, in a lot of ways, Dozier is one of those guys um, just of absolute necessity for the, the success of Washington this season because he's one of those guys that held the clubhouse together. It was great. It was just a great experience watching the Nats in the World Series. And, yes, as soon as we find out what day Brian's going to be here, we will, of course, pass that along. In the interim, we'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss. To the, to the top. top. Into the future. Seriously? Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.